Good morning. I am so excited to bring you this message today on my birthday. It's quite exciting and terrifying. <laughs> so, um, I just want to say that most of us, we know God as Father. We know him as our protector, our judge, and our defender. We may know the Holy Spirit as our comforter, our guide, and our helper. We may know Jesus as the Son of God, our brother, and our friend. But today, I would like to introduce you to Jesus as the Bridegroom King. Let's pray. Holy Spirit, I pray the words that I speak will come alive in people's hearts and minds and create a longing to know you more, a desire to be with you and know you intimately. I pray from this moment forth, you would all come to know Jesus as your loving Bridegroom King, who is jealous for his bride. Lord, give us ears to hear, eyes to see, and a heart to receive all you have for us today. In Jesus' name, amen. So today, I'm, I'm going to start reading from Matthew 25, verses 1 to 13. Um, and I'm reading from the Passion Translation. It's the parable of the ten virgins. At the time my coming draws near, heaven's kingdom realm can be compared to ten maidens who took their oil lamps and went outside to meet the bridegroom and his bride. Five of them were foolish and ill-prepared, for they took no extra oil for their lamps. Five of them were wise and sensible, for they took flasks of olive oil with their lamps. When the bridegroom didn't come when they expected, they all grew drowsy and fell asleep. Then suddenly in the middle of the night, they were awakened by the shout, get up, the bridegroom is here. Come out and have an encounter with him. So all the girls got up and trimmed their lamps, but the foolish ones were running out of oil. So they said to the five wise ones, share your oil with us because our lamps are going out. We can't, they replied. We don't have enough for all of us. You'll have to go and buy some for yourselves. While the five girls were out buying oil, the bridegroom appeared. Those who were ready and waiting were escorted inside with him and the wedding party to enjoy the feast. And then the door was closed. Later, the five foolish girls came running up to the door and pleaded, Lord, Lord, let us come in. But he called back, go away. Do I know you? I can assure you, I don't even know you. That is the reason you should always stay awake and be alert because you don't know the day or hour when the bridegroom will appear. Now, one of the things that's been highlighted to me during this whole pandemic and lockdown period is an even deeper realization that Jesus, our beautiful bridegroom, will one day return to, to, for the bride, his church. Now, before you panic, it's not a doom and gloom message, but hopefully a call to the church to wake up from her slumber. Even right now, I decree and declare there shall be an awakening in every heart. I believe God is calling us back to first love. When he first gave, when we first gave our lives to Jesus, by simply believing the saving message of the gospel, no work or effort on our part, just simply responding to the grace that was extended to us. In the Graham Cook prophetic word that we've been listening to, you, to this year, there's a paragraph that reads, the beloved, that's the church, must become who I say she is, not what anyone else allows her to be. 
you are the bride being prepared for the king of promise. The bride is being revealed in the likeness of Esther. There is a beauty, grace and power that will be huge and majestic as the body steps into the bride. So how can we step into the likeness of Esther? Esther 5 verses 1 to 3 tells us how. On the third day, Esther put on her royal robes and stood in the inner court of the palace in front of the king's hall. The king was sitting on his royal throne in the hall, facing the entrance. When he saw Queen Esther standing in the court, he was pleased with her and held out to her the gold scepter that was in his hand. So Esther approached and touched the tip of the scepter. Then the king asked, what is it, Queen Esther? What is your request? Even up to half the kingdom, it will be given you. Esther didn't behave like a slave or a servant. She'd been taken out of that life and placed into the king's palace. Even though she may have been afraid, Esther knew who she was and she put on her royal robes and walked into the king's chamber, the holy of holies in her royal apparel and stood before her king to make her request. In the same way, we come into the throne room of heaven, washed in the blood of the lamb, spotless in his sight. Hebrews 4.16 says, let us come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Revelations 19.7 says, let us rejoice and exalt him and give him glory because the wedding celebration of the lamb has come and his bride has made herself ready. We know we the church are his bride, but how do we make ourselves ready? Firstly, I'd like to say that the word says in Zechariah 4, 6, not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord Almighty. He is doing the work in you. Ephesians 5, 7 says, to present her, the church, to himself, a radiant church, without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish, but holy and blameless. And 2 Corinthians 11.2 says, I am jealous for you with a godly jealousy. I promised you to one husband, to Christ, so that I might present you as a pure virgin to him. He presents us as a pure virgin bride. Does that mean we do nothing? No. I believe one of our parts is to position ourselves, to be able to hear what God is saying to us. When the bridegroom comes, we need to be able to recognize his voice. God's not wanting us to be like the five foolish virgins. 2 Peter 1.3 says, his divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. Now, this is the best part. We know from scripture, the Holy Spirit lives within us. And the Bible says, my sheep hear my voice. That means that at any given time or moment, we have the ability to hear the voice of God. Because the Holy Spirit lives within us. We're not looking up to heaven, waiting for an external voice, but rather positioning ourselves in a quiet place to listen to the internal voice of God. It comes from within. Psalm 25, 4 and 5 says, Make me to know your ways, Lord. 
oh Lord, teach me your paths. Lead me in your truth and teach me, for you are the God of my salvation. And on you, I wait all day long. So how should we wait? Now, anyone who knows me knows I love books. I love reading. I love getting Amazon packages. So I order my book from Amazon and I wait. But I don't wait passively. I wait expectantly. I consciously, constantly am listening, actively waiting. This is how we wait for God. Actively waiting, expecting to hear his voice. You might need a word about a health condition, your children, your job, or you might be speaking to a friend who shared a problem with you. In the same way, we keep our physical ears open to listen to the people around us. We should also keep our spiritual ears open to hear what God has to say about the situation. We should constantly be listening, expecting to hear his voice because it's our birthright as sons and daughters of the King. James 4, 8 says, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. So even right now, let's just turn our attention and turn our affection towards Jesus and just receive of him. Sila, which means in the Bible, pause in his presence. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. You know, one of the reasons that I started Coffee with Jesus is because I wanted to demonstrate to people how simple it is to position yourself to hear God for yourselves. Even if it's just five minutes, 10 minutes, two minutes, 10 seconds, like we just did. Consciously turning your attention and your affection towards him, becoming more and more aware of his presence. You are not waiting for him to come. It's not a feeling. It's an awareness. He's already here. He's always been here. All you're doing is positioning yourself and becoming more and more aware of his presence. Thank you, Lord. I guarantee it won't be long before you become hooked on the way he makes you feel when you're in his presence. For those of you who believe you have an addictive nature, may I remind you that if you've given your life to Christ, the old man is dead and you are a new creation. You may still be struggling with drugs, alcohol, pornography, also other addictions that we're less aware of, such as mindless hours of TV or video games, Facebook, online shopping, sugar, which is more addictive than cocaine, I know that, prescription medication or hoarding. By the power and authority that's been given me in the name of Jesus, I break its power over you. If you have given your life to Jesus, I decree and declare that you are a new creation made in his image. And I release the power of the Holy Spirit to set you free from bondage and addiction in Jesus name. From this moment forth, I prophesy that you will become addicted to the fragrance of Christ, that he would be the first thought on your mind when you wake and the last thought on your mind as you go to sleep. 
I prophesy that your sleep would be unhindered, that you would have dreams and visions in the night and your, and your spirit would worship the Lord as he grants you sweet sleep through the night. I prophesy that the anointing that is on your life and your family will break the yoke and that you and your children will all walk in their God-given destinies in Jesus' name. Now, for those people who feel far from God at this moment, but would like to know Jesus in a more intimate way, I'd like to give you the opportunity to ask the Lord Jesus to come into your life. Simply say, I believe in my heart and confess with my mouth that Jesus is Lord. Forgive me of my sins. Come into my life and fill me with your Holy Spirit. I make you my Lord and Savior in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. I seal every word spoken through me with the blood of the Lamb. Thank you for all you've done, all that you're doing, and all that you will do in each and every life in Jesus' name. And lastly, I would like to say that we are spiritual beings in human bodies. We are humans simply being being who he, he created us to be, being a beloved son and daughter, being naturally supernatural, being in constant fellowship with the Father. Selah, pause in his presence.